This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 2, Episode 2, The Psychomantium. The Psychomantium dates back to ancient times where a person would gaze into a still pool of water. This silent and steady gazing into a reflective pool would produce apparitions or visions. In 1958, Greek archaeologist Sodorus Dakaris investigated the Dodona Oracle spoken of by Homer, where supplicants would wait their turn at the Oracle in complete darkness. An extensive maze led to a long central apparition hallway where the experience took place. There, Dakaris found the remnants of a bronze cauldron ringed with a banister, which made it appear that the people who were seeing the apparitions would be gazing at the cauldron. Mention of this ritual process for contacting the dead can be found in many of the writings of the ancient Greeks. The writings described how individuals were guided through subterranean chambers over a series of several days, and finally taken into an area, a necromantium, containing what is believed to have been a large cauldron-type vessel. Water or oil filled this vessel, providing reflective surface for the individual to contact the dead. Dr. Raymond Moody modified this process to fit more in the modern day. He coined the term psychomantium. Dr. Irene Blinston expanded and modified Dr. Moody's psychomantium and psychomantium process, developing, quote, the portal. The portal is a very dark, dimly lit chamber varying in size. At one end of the chamber is a chair, and at the other end, a mirror. The mirror is tilted at an angle so the sitter is prevented from seeing his or her own reflection. Dr. Moody focused his study on contact made by means of apparitional encounters experienced during his psychomantium process. The Psychomantium research conducted at the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology in Palo Alto, California, has focused its efforts on the reduction of the symptoms of grief. Dr. Bliston was a part of that research unit for three years. Currently, there are two doctoral students conducting research on different aspects of the Psychomantium. The room is set up to optimize psychological effects such as trance. Its key features are low light or near darkness, flickering light, and a mirror. The dimness represents a form of visual sensory deprivation, a condition helpful to trance induction, the undifferentiated color without horizon producing the Gansfeld effect, a state of apparent blindness. The Gansfeld experiment replicates the conditions of the psychomantium where a state of trance may be induced by an informed field of vision. In the way of a strobe or a flashing light, stimulus is provided by indirect moving light in the psychomantium. Flickering candles or lamps are sometimes recommended to induce hallucination. It is supposed the indeterminate depth of the mirror's darkness allows the eyes to relax and become unfocused, a state that reduces alertness. Dr. Raymond Moody, author of the 1981 book about near-death experiences, Life After Life, included the psychomantium in his research, trialing over 300 subjects, which he recorded in his 1993 book, Reunions. Dr. Moody viewed the room as a therapeutic tool to heal grief and bring insight. I'd like to take a quick break now and let you know about this episode's sponsor. Sunshine Daisies. 
buttermellow. Turn this stupid fat rat yellow. This episode is brought to you by The Sorting Chat. The Sorting Chat is the newish podcast wherein three women talk via Google Hangout each month to talk minutiae related to Harry Potter, a series of books for children. They drink and laugh at each other with occasional guest stars. Like any true lovers, they take J.K. Rowling's source material too seriously and make fun of it relentlessly at whim. The podcast drops the first Thursday of each month and sometimes more. Visit www.thesortingchat.com for more details and to catch up on episodes. Now, back to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. The oracles of the ancient Greeks are often connected to the psychomantium process. What is often neglected in the history is that the oracle and temples were constructed to deceive the participants. Those wishing to consult the oracle would travel to subterranean caverns and placed in isolation chambers. Here they fasted, were fed purifying diets, and underwent various sorts of stress, sensory deprivation, exhaustion, and disorientation, all designed to induce visions. Shamans, anchorites, and other visionaries have used similar techniques and similar hallucinations are experienced by volunteers in modern sensory deprivation experiments. Floating in womb-like vats of water in blackened soundproof chambers, many subjects begin to go mad after a few hours and beg to be pulled out. Imagine, then, the state of mind of the pilgrims of Ephira after days of such treatments. After several days or even weeks, of such treatments, the pilgrims are ready to meet the souls of the dead. Just to make sure, before they started to walk through the hallucinogenic smoke of the labyrinth and descend into the sacred hall in the underground cavern, they were given hallucinogenic leaves, or seeds to chew, such as lupin seeds, and a type of swamp bean whose traces have been found in jars near the ancient sites. They were then led to the mouth of Hades, where they would meet the dead. Perhaps the only ones who lacked faith in the oracles were the priests who conducted and profited from them. They called themselves, like the god Hermes, psychopomps, conductors of souls. But during the Roman period in 167 BC, iron bars and a bronze winch with tooth pulley wheels and counterweights were discovered in the sacred hall. While tourists today are lowered into it by a similar mechanism, the ancient one had been installed to dangle ghostly wooden figures into the smoke-filled, torch-lit chamber, while the priests would impersonate and send down the voices of the dead relatives and respond to the questions of the faithful. It was an old trick, of course, the old Duzex Machina, or God from the Machine, of the ancient Greek theater. However, Raymond Moody, who has for years been collecting evidence for the afterlife, was told when he visited the place that the pilgrims saw the dead not floating like ghosts in a smoky space overhead, but as ghostly reflections in the polished metal cauldron that dominated the room. At the rim of the cauldron, they would be told to gaze into the shimmering metal and behold the vision that they came to see. Were these reflections of the figures dangling out of sight above them, or something more? 
After the machinery of the spectral apparitions came to light, the Romans destroyed the necromantium, and its ruins lay hidden until they were excavated in 1958 and restored by the Archaeological Society of Athens. So is the idea of the psychomantium based on trickery? A psychomantium is a darkened room with black walls containing a mirror into which a person gazes and sees prophetic visions. It is commonly built in the form of a black felt tent containing a large swivel mirror tilted slightly to show only a featureless blackness of indeterminate depth. A small lamp or a set of candles illuminates the space just enough to distinguish the mirror. The psychomantium is designed to induce an open-eye trance in the viewer, allowing the conscious mind to perceive visual impressions from the subconscious and other realms beyond normal waking perception. There are several factors helping induce such a trance. First, the room is dim and featureless. This acts as a form of visual sensory deprivation, a condition helpful to trance induction. Secondly, the uniform color of the setup is a prerequisite for creating the Gansfeld effect, a hallucinogenic state of trance induced by a uniform field of vision. Third, the candles or lamp are often recommended to be flickering, and strobing or flashing light is a strong catalyst for trance. And fourth, the indeterminate depth of the mirror's darkness allows the eyes to focus outward to infinity. This is a relaxation technique that lowers one's state of consciousness. An open-eye trance allows the mind to perceive visual information that is normally filtered out during waking beta brainwave activity. When using a psychomantium, brainwaves drop into the alpha and theta range, easing the generating of hypnoimagery. What science calls noise or hallucination may in fact be meaningful perceptions. Just as in dreams, the subconscious can create visual symbols that the perceiver can then remember for conscious analysis after the psychomantium session. It is easy to build your own psychomantium and try this and other experiments out on yourself. We will provide links on our Facebook page to instructions on how to build your own and also other links of interest related to the psychomantium. Sitting around a campfire late at night, beer in hand, telling tales of Slenderman, Bigfoot, and the Wendigo, or listening to your favorite podcast about these legends. What better way to get a quick snack fix that is not only healthy, but low in sodium and fat, and one that gives you an energy boost in case something creeps out of the wood and you need to make a quick getaway. Today's podcast is brought to you by Jurassic Jerky. With over 25 gourmet flavors of tender, flavorful jerky, Jurassic Jerky is not only preservative-free, it is MSG-free, low in sodium and fat. Jurassic Jerky gives you traditional flavors, along with creations like orange teriyaki, whiskey straight, draft beer, and applewood smoke-style bacon jerky. Yes, bacon jerky. If you enjoy this podcast, order online at www.jurassicjerkyllc.com and enter promo code WORLD10, all in caps, for 10% off your order, free shipping over $30, and a free flosser toothpick in each package to ensure clean teeth. Not only that, 
Each purchase you make, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to charities that support wounded combat veterans. Again, that is www.jurassicjerkyllc.com and enter promo code WORLD10 to get our special offer. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links, and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Wasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Capelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler.